could have kids pod Welcome to Kids Pod, a podcast where kids get to ask adults the questions they really want to know. Nothing is too rude to ask. You send in the questions and now adults will give kids the answers they want to hear. Brian Koppelman is a successful TV and movie writer and creator. He has worked on many famous shows such as Ocean's 13, Rounders and Billions. But what you might not be able to tell from the outside is that Brian also has ADHD. Lots of kids, including kids pod listeners, live with ADHD, which is also known as Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Today, Brian is going to answer your questions about what it's like to be an adult with ADHD. Hey KidsPod listeners, did you know that the creator of KidsPod, Amy Chan, is also a children's book author? Her latest book, The Happy Mask, is all about what it's like to be a kid living in a world surrounded by masks. It's a really gentle book that's great to read with your parents, friends, and teachers. You can find out all about The Happy Mask and other books by Amy Chan at amychan.com. Or you can order all her books from your local bookstore. And don't forget, books make fun presents for your cousins, siblings, and friends. From all of us here at KidsBud, thank you. Hi everyone, this is Brian. I think your questions about ADD and ADHD are excellent. And it's something I think about a lot and I'm happy to be talking to you about it. Hi, my name is Alexis and I'm eight years old. How old were you when you were diagnosed with ADHD? I was first diagnosed with ADHD sort of at an older age. And I'll tell you, I'm not sure how you felt when you heard that you had ADHD, but for me, after so many years of not being able to put a name on what I was feeling and on that specific feeling of certain things seeming very difficult for me that seemed easy for other people. And then oddly certain things that were easy for me, like very specific kind of hyper-focus that seemed hard for other people. And just knowing that there was something different about the way that I processed things and the way that I could or could not pay attention and focus, getting a diagnosis was a kind of happy feeling because it let me know that I probably wasn't alone in the way that I processed things or I wasn't alone in the way that I had certain difficulties. 
And anytime you know that you're not the only one going through something, it makes you feel a little bit better. And I also thought once I had a diagnosis that maybe there might be a way I could understand it better and then I could find a way to deal with it, to make things a little bit easier. And all of that kind of came true for me. So uh, I was diagnosed when I was, I think I was 38 years old or something like that. After many years of basically not quite being able to fit into doing things like schoolwork in the ways all the other kids could. And I didn't really know why. And I kind of sometimes felt bad or sometimes felt like maybe I was lazy or sometimes felt like maybe if I just worked a little bit harder, I could do better. But then when I heard the diagnosis, I realized that maybe I shouldn't blame myself and I should just try to figure out some strategies for doing certain things better. I have ADHD and I find reading and spelling hard. Is there anything you do better because you have ADHD? I think there are probably many things that we do better. People who have ADHD, yes, we may feel like we're having a harder time with certain things that come easier for other people. Like if I had to read a really boring book when I was in seventh grade or sixth grade and I had to read a boring history book, for me, it was very hard. Often I would end up going to school and I would have to admit I didn't read the book and I couldn't exactly explain why and it made me feel really bad. So I totally relate to and understand when you're saying that sometimes reading and spelling are hard for you. But one trick I found was that if I kept looking for books that might not seem boring to me, I actually could become a really good reader. I didn't become a good reader until I was in fourth grade, maybe fifth grade actually. Before fifth grade, I really was at the bottom of my class in terms of being able to read. And then my mom started giving me books. I was good at talking. So you want to know what came easier for me? Talking. I was good at talking and I was good at when I was interested in something, I was really good at, at finding out a lot about it. So I loved the way people talked and I loved words, even if I didn't love reading. So I was so interested in that stuff that I would always ask people what the words that they used meant. And without even trying to, I started having a kind of big vocabulary, which then made me feel like, well, maybe I was smart enough to do certain things, even though reading came really hard to me and was difficult. The regular ways people learned to read didn't seem to work for me. But then my mother in the summer between fourth and fifth grade started giving me books. And I was like, Mom, I definitely don't want to read. Uh, that's not something fun for me. I want to go play basketball. But at night, she, she said, well, just try. And, and she would give me one book and I wouldn't read it. But she gave me a book by a woman named Judy Bloom called Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. And I read that book. Something about it was so fascinating to me. I stayed up all night long and I read. And she was great because it was a book and it was reading. She didn't make me go to bed. 
And I stayed up all night and I read that book. And then the next day I was like, is there another book? She was so surprised. She got me another book. And I ended up reading almost um, almost a book a night that summer, but not trying to get better at reading, not even thinking about it really. I was just reading stuff that I was interested in. But then I went back to school and they did a reading test and I was number one in my class. I read faster than everybody else and I understood more than everybody else. And the year before, I was probably last in both of those things. But suddenly reading wasn't work, it wasn't a chore, it wasn't something boring, it was something amazing. And I would say the way I would translate that for you is, it might not be reading, but I promise there's something that you're gonna be super interested in and that you're gonna start to do and focus on. And if you do that, and then you chase that and you keep being interested in it, you're gonna wake up and suddenly be really, really good at that thing and other people are gonna notice that too and they're gonna compliment you on it and that's gonna feel great. Hi, my name is Dylan, I'm 11 years old and I have one question to ask you. So I have a younger brother with ADHD. He struggles with learning new things. What do you struggle with as an adult? Dylan, you're asking me what I struggle with as an adult and you're being really nice about it because you care about what your brother struggles with. And I do still have certain things. Sometimes, as a grown-up, you have to pay attention to things that you don't want to. And when you have ADHD, that's really hard. Like if you're in a room with a group of people and they're trying to talk about stuff that's not interesting to you. But as you get older, it becomes, you develop certain ways of reminding yourself to get in the habit of paying attention and listening. One thing that helps is writing stuff down for me, even if I never look at it again. So if I, either with a pen or pencil and paper or with a computer, if I'm just writing stuff down as someone's talking, it, it accomplishes a few things. One, it lets them know I'm listening, and that's very helpful because part of what happens when you have ADHD is you might be listening, but you're just not looking at the person, and they might feel like, you're not paying attention to them. You might be, but just in your own way. But if they see you writing stuff down, it helps. Also, writing stuff down can help you kind of remember and lock into it. And then another way to compensate for that as a grown-up is in advance to try to figure out when you might be bored. And if you know, okay, at 10 o'clock, I'm going to have to do something that I'm not going to like, then maybe you try to find a way to exercise before that to get some of the sort of impatience out of you so that after you exercise, you're a little bit calmer and maybe you can listen. And I would talk to your counselor or your brother's counselor, whoever he talks to about ADHD to find those different tactics. Hi, my name is Henry and I'm 11 years old. My question is, has your ADHD made you behave in a way you don't want to? I know that the premise of this podcast is that grownups answer the questions even if normally they would kind of try not to give a completely honest answer, but I am going to. Yes, of course, ADHD has made me behave in ways that I didn't want to. When, look, one of the things that they say about people with ADHD is that people with ADHD have impulse control sometimes. And so there's no doubt that I used to shout out in class. I was lucky that I was funny. So I could make the other kids laugh, but you know, 
your geometry teacher doesn't really want you to make the class laugh when she's trying to teach you what a hypotenuse is. But to me, the word hypotenuse is just a funny word. So uh, I would pay more attention to the sounds of that word than to what it means. I still kind of barely know what it means. I, I would say that, yes, one of the things I tried to do was learn as I got older how to recognize when maybe I'd want to act out in ways that weren't great and then try to put strategies in place to not do it. And also to be aware of being accidentally rude and apologizing. As you get older, apologizing becomes a very powerful and not so scary thing. And it, so if you end up being rude to somebody because you have ADHD, which you might own it, apologize for it, and try to learn from it and try to move forward. Hi, my name is Harry and I'm 11 years old. And my question is, did you ever get bullied? I was never, I can't say that I was really bullied. I can say that there were times I felt that I was on the outside of the group I wanted to be in and that I was, I was always, look, an advantage of ADHD for me was I, I pretty much always had a quick reply. So if somebody tried to f bully me with words, it was pretty hard for them to win. So maybe they would stop. But then I can't say that that made them want to necessarily be my friend afterwards. So um, yes, there are times when you're 11 or 12 or 13 that not being able to sit still, not being able to, or feeling like you can't sit still, feeling like you can't concentrate, feeling like you couldn't do the reading that everybody else did, that that can make you feel bad and maybe vulnerable and open to being bullied. And if you are bullied, I'm really sorry about that. I'm really angry at the people bullying you and they shouldn't bully you. The only thing I can say is probably something that at least one of your parents probably said to you, which is soon enough, you won't be in situations where you get bullied. And soon enough, you'll be able to turn what feels to you like a bad thing into a good thing, which is, for me, in the end, the ability to hyper-focus on things, the ability to recognize that what I'm curious about and what fascinates me is worth really engaging in made having ADHD almost like a superpower because it allows me to not mess around with the stuff that's not interesting and to be all in on the stuff that is. And in a way, that's a recipe for the possibility of a really happy and successful life. And that's what I've been able to build for myself after the challenging times of being 11, 12, and 13. Hi, my name is Ted, and I'm seven years old, and my question is, I have ADHD too. Do you giggle all the time? I giggle all the time, and my mum and sisters tell me to stay still. What do you do? Ted, you and I are like brothers. Yes. I'm still drumming on desks, man. I'm drumming on desks. I've been drumming on desks since I was three years old. 
yeah, I, I definitely sh- mine when I go to bed at night, I shake my legs. I have all the things like that. And in the end, you learn to kind of make jokes about it and you uh, learn you, you learn that, look, don't let anyone tell you you have to be still. Man, if, if you want to move, Ted, move. That's who you are. That's a part of who you are in your heart. And do not feel bad about that. And your mom and your sister love you. And I would say maybe just go in the other room sometimes to give them a little peace and quiet. But if you got to move, man, move. I get bored when I don't want to do things that I have to do. What do you, does this happen to you and what, does, what do you do? Yes. I would say the best thing to do is find something you want to do. And maybe, and you know, I would talk to your teacher about it or your counselor if you speak to an expert on ADHD because that is one of the real difficulties of, of ADHD. I would try to describe it to people. And I would say like when I have to do a school assignment that feels boring to me, it's not like the way regular people describe the word boring. Like when I have to do an assignment and it's boring, it would feel almost like like things in a comic book or like shooting out of the book. I was like, it would be like, pew, pew, pew. Like I couldn't touch the book. It would like push me away almost. And it's a really hard one to tie. All I can tell you is, yes, I felt that way. I can't tell you what the answer to that is other than to find stuff that you love to do and you want to do and to learn to explain to the people in your life, even your teachers, that it's not that you didn't want to do the assignment. It's not that you didn't try. It's that at this moment, you just really couldn't. And is there another way you can do the assignment? That's what I would ask. Is there another way I can look at this material? Is there another way I can get this job done that's not the traditional way? As you get older, there are many more opportunities to do that. And there are many kinds of therapies and treatments for ADHD. And I guess that's what I want to leave you with all of you, is that there's so much hope and you have such bright futures. I can't tell you how many people I meet now who have ADHD and who are thriving, who have people that they love and who love them, who have great friends who they spend time with, who have work that's really fulfilling and fun and exciting and not boring. And some of the hardest times for people with ADHD are when they're in a structure like a school that's built to teach in a way that more people are used to and that more people can process more easily. But as you get older, you will find many more chances to learn and and to engage in things your way and that are fascinating to you. And I wish all of you the best of luck with it. And I can feel how bright your futures are going to be. To send us your questions for future episodes, contact us at amychan.com. We also ask that you please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes of KidsPod. 
And to help other people to find us and spread the word, we would love it if you would give Kids Pod a five-star rating and share our link with your friends. Kids Pod was created by Amy Chan. Intro by Nikki Strauss. Cover up by Glenn Strauss. If you liked this episode of Kids Pod, you might also enjoy episode 56 about being hearing impaired with Glenn Strauss. Special thanks to Brian Koppelman, Alexis, Dylan, Henry, Harry and Ted. This is Joshua Sandral. Thanks for listening. to support kids pod to allow us to make even more episodes you can make a one-off donation for as low as five dollars at ko-fi.com slash kids pod that's k-o hyphen f-i dot com slash kids pod there's no obligation and kids pod will continue to remain free for all but we want to keep kids pod going strong well into the future so we really appreciate any support you can give. From all of us at KidsPod, thank you.